Jay Lings is doing things. Welcome back, listeners. The FPL headlines for this week are us, first of all, reacting to the rescheduled fixtures, which came about a minute after the last deadline. We go through our double game week 26 strategies and we discuss Liverpool as well. Good evening. This is episode 204 of the FPL Surgery podcast, and it would have been episode 205, but the Wi-Fi in my new house let us down in the middle of last week. And for full disclosure, we're recording during the second half of the Man United Newcastle game. So it's Sunday evening. It's the 21st of February 2021. And as always, I'm here with Josh. Hi, Josh. Evening, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, good. I just hope <laughs> that this one's recording all right and we don't have any more technical difficulties after midweek. I do too, because you owe me about three hours of my life after last week. I know, I know. And I spent longer than that because I had to have a, a phone call with, with the Iceman um, to see if it could be saved. I even had James from Planet FPL message me to see if it could be fixed. But it was just beyond repair, that episode. And it's a shame. It was. And we knew that um, when you move in, when you moved house, it was going to be the uh, one stumbling block we might encounter all season. So uh, it all happened in one week, didn't it? Technical issues. And obviously, Late Riser wasn't able to join us. But we're back. So yeah. um, we're no, back we're back. We're back. Again, it's the middle of, middle of a game week. And I think that's going to be a trend for a while, isn't it? Yeah, we're just, just trying to record them a bit earlier, aren't we? Get them out, get get you know get the pods out a bit earlier now and um yeah i think sunday nights is, is a nice time to do it yeah no i agree i agree especially with no, well you won't care about this but there's no nfl at the moment so there's nothing else to do on a on a sunday night but let, let's get straight into it so this week's guest he's last season's co-host chief fairy thanks iceman and a legend of the <laughs> fpl surgery podcast he has two top 3k finishes in his last three seasons with his highest being 1710th and I mean, his current rank's not far off that either. So welcome to the podcast, Stefan. How's it going, Stefan? It's going good, Rich. And thanks for having me on yet again. It's uh, The snow is melting here where I, where I live in Norway. And uh, I'm looking forward to springtime, double game weeks, and hopefully a bunch of points and a bunch of green arrows. Uh, I know I have a good rank, but I've been stuck lately. I feel my decisions have been nah, not, not too great. And uh, my rank has gone basically just up and down, up and down, going nowhere. So I, I hope to, to catch some momentum again soon. I mean, you've gone somewhere. So I think we were speaking before the show, and I think yeah. you were last on somewhere game from weekend. the last one. That that's okay. yeah. <laughs> that's so you were 148,000th on that one, and now you're 3,700th. Obviously, that's overnight, isn't it? Your overnight rank. So. Yeah. I mean, you've had some progress. I mean, I know you were a little bit higher a few weeks ago. I mean, you were topping the surgery league which yeah. is crazy like yeah, my fame it was yeah. the, the free hit I, I decided not to play my free hit uh, in in 18 and that's where the trouble started i had like sort of a good good enough team i thought to maybe give up 15 20 points towards my opponents and figured i could get that back in the 29 blank but now 29 seems to be maybe a bit too easy to to get through so I guess my decision didn't pay off that time and uh, I haven't been able to recover after that. But you've got your bench boost, you've got your wild card and that free hit. So Yeah, so, so still chances, of course, yeah, until to finish high. And at top. this stage, I will be disappointed to finish uh, 9K. I have, to, I have to try to beat my own record here, I think. To get into the top 1K for the first time would be great. 
a nice three-figure rank that, that would be really nice <laughs> yeah no awesome so i think first of all i guess we're getting to our getting to our game week so far i guess maybe we're concentrate mainly on the on the transfers we've done into the game week because um, like i said we are recording during that man united newcastle game so if we start with you josh I mean, it's been a bit flat for all of us so far, hasn't it? Um, bit of a bit of a boring game week, and hopefully it's the calm before the uh, the storm of game week 26, which is obviously going to be a mammoth double game week. Um, transfer wise, I didn't really have a great deal to do this week, um, and with the obviously fixtures hadn't come out yet, um, and obviously with the um, with the the big double game week in 26 I wanted to leave myself with two transfers so I had two I used one of them um, I did steer to Ariola just to kind of get my oh, bench that's... ready to bench boost next week <laughs> what was your transfer the week before that uh Coleman to Loughton yeah yeah, yeah it's dull but it's I'm just building building up for this bench boost um <laughs> and uh, and yeah just doing it by transfers rather than a, rather than a wild card um so yeah so that was the that was the transfer rolled the other one um captain bamford i was i was tempted to play the bench boost this week um purely because my bench was looking strong um but i had doubts over whether cancello would be rested um Grealish this this sort of last minute scare about his injury that came out which obviously proved to be true um Gundogan was a doubt Antonio was a doubt so yeah I kind of felt like I might I might end up bench boosting and not getting a full 15 out and that was the case obviously you've only had 14 of my squad play um but actually the bench has done pretty well it's got it's got a 19 points so I probably right now would take it um, but I guess the principle of the decision was right. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to judge partway through a double game week as well how our, it our is weeks are going. Yeah. And in FPL, you know, hindsight's always a wonderful thing. Um, you know, when you've got when you when you're trying to bench boost a whole squad and you've got four players who are, who are a bit of a a concern or risk, it, it it makes sense not to do it. Um, Captain Bamford, um, same as most people really, and um, yeah. Just looking forward to getting game week 26 started, really get get this week out of the way. Obviously, I think Tuesday night. It's not, not even finished, fun. Josh. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be, <laughs> Tuesday will be quite fun, Leeds, Southampton. But yeah. uh, this United game tonight and Brighton Palace tomorrow, it's sort of, um, yeah, just kind of looking to, to get the, the big double game week underway and uh, should be enjoyable. Yeah, um, I mean, my week, I mean, so far, so what I decided to do, I didn't want a wild card just yet. I decided to go all in with my two free transfers um, and try and attack this double game week. So I sold Gundogan, who had a lot of value tied up in, Son and Antonio as well, uh, for Ings, Harrison and Rafina. So I got four double game week players, Captain Bamford, Rafina, Harrison and Ings. Um, it's it's not going great so far. I mean, I've only got returns from Cancelo, who got booked and Ariola as well, but... My plan was basically to attack this double game week um, and then I can look at wildcard, you know, ahead of the doubles. Because I think I haven't got many players in place for 29. So I think I'm going to have to wildcard now anyway. Um, And I don't have bench boost left. Um, I've used my triple captain on on Foden last week. So, yeah, that's that's what I've been doing. Um, uh, What about you, Stefan? How's, How's your game week going? Well, I went into the week uh, having Dallas and Bamford as my double game makers. So my plan was to get one more double game maker in, preferably uh, Rafinha, 
he has looked pretty good, so I figured him to be a target. And the question was, how do I get him? Who do I sacrifice? Uh, a big part of me wanted to just sell Bruno, get it over with. He he, he doesn't have a game in 29. In uh, United have uh, City away in uh, game week 27, and also some tough fixtures around that time. So. There comes a time where everyone's, everyone is dispensable, but in the end, the, I, I, I felt a bit scary to sell him before Newcastle at home. It, it can be a risk that costs you like 15, 20 points if you're maximum unlucky. So I um, I looked at other plans and I was sort of doing Grealish to Rafinha even before the injury news. That was my most likely move and, mm. and uh, maybe get Grealish back the next game week. But uh, with the injury rumors, it seemed to be something in them. So I sold Grealish to Rafinha. And uh, hopefully now Grealish is out for a while, even though they, Dean Smith was said uh, he hoped to have him back sooner rather than later. So maybe it, it would be a tough decision for the for the owners now whether to keep or sell. You can get maybe a half a game week out of him in the, in the next one. But my, my longer-term issue, longer-term plan was to free up some money for uh, getting Kane next game week. So that was always in my thinking. I needed to free up some cash, and Rafinha did the, the trick also because he had a double in 2025. Uh, so my only issue or worry now is I don't own Inks or any Southampton players, so that would be my... <laughs> the, the, the enjoyment. Uh, if, if Dallas gets a clean sheet on Tuesday, I'll be a happy man, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the Grealish injury or rumours of injury helped you get Rafina because it was really hard to get him in. Um, I mean, that's why I'd end up selling Gundogan in the end, which I, which I didn't yeah. want to do. But Rafina looked incredible, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, I did think about Gundogan, of course, uh, as well. I like to think mm. about everything. but And I didn't think Gundogan was going to start. So I actually benched him and got out of jail. Uh, the last thing <laughs> I did was start, start Stones and bench uh, Gundogan. So uh, I was lucky. I, I didn't. I didn't figure he was going to play 90 minutes today after Pep said he had half a training session on Friday. But uh, I guess it's uh, the lesson here is uh, never try to think you're Pep or try to get into his head because you you don't know. Yeah. Um, I guess this, I guess the same issue will be with Grealish now coming up for for people that uh, Dean Smith was annoyed that uh, someone had uh, put out on Twitter that uh, he was injured. And he was mad at those guys, and I guess Dean Smith will play, uh, keep his cards close to himself during the pressers this week. So figuring out if Grealish is back or not will be very difficult, I think. Yeah, we've had a lot of these decisions recently. Obviously, I mean, because I, I sold Antonio as well, um, and he was one that we didn't know if he'd start, and he obviously he scored a goal. Luckily, yeah. he got booked uh, for those of us that don't own him anymore. If you want to join the FPL Surgery Patreon, please Google FPL Surgery Patreon. Listen to this episode of the podcast on every single podcast platform to get our listener numbers up or go to patreon.com forward slash FPL Surgery. Of course, Ron Frosk, Ross from FPL Merch and Andy Portlock, they pledge at the highest tier. So they get this extra special mention each week. So thanks to all our patrons. We will be closing the entry to the league shortly where the winner gets £100. You know, if you want to get involved in that, you know, get in quick. But if we go to, so Alan's uh, recorded some stats at so FPL Diagnosis, Alan. He's recorded some stats for this game week. Obviously, it's the, the game week so far. So we're going to those. 
Hi guys, it's Adam here again. We're going to look at some stats with a bit of a Game Week 26 focus. Uh, we're going to look at the past four game weeks, which is Game Week 21 to 24, since Game Week 25 isn't over yet. During this period, Mo Salah had the most shots with 16 and 7 on target. He's followed by another expected name in Bruno Fernandes, who has 15 and 7 on target. And then we have Alexis McAllister of Brighton with 13, but only 2 on target. Gabriel Jesus with 12 but only 3 on target and Patrick Bamford with 12 and 7 on target. Most chances created of this period goes to Pascal Gross who created 15 chances. Second is Luke Shaw with 13. Shaw has also the highest XGI of all defenders during this period at 1.65. And if we look at some other attacking defenders, Shaw is followed by Trent Alexander-Arnold at 1.25, Aaron Creswell at 1.21 and Aaron Wan-Bissaka at 1.19. Ola Aina, who was the highest return of double game week 24, recorded an XGI of 1.18, and he could be an option if you need someone who plays in game week 29 as well. Man United had the kindest fixtures of the top six sides, and it shows in the stats they have the best minutes per XG produced in this period. They're followed by Man City in second and Chelsea at third. Looking at some defensive stats, Liverpool's defensive woes are now showing in the stats as well. They have the worst minutes per XG conceded with 50.7. That is even worse than Southampton at 54. And you'll remember the Saints lost 9-0 in game week 22. Third worst are Aston Villa at 57 minutes per XG conceded. Emi Martinez has been in incredible form of late and it doesn't come as a surprise to see Villa being the most overperforming side defensively in this period. Expected data saying they should have conceded three more goals than they have, and instead they've come out with three clean sheets in four games. His many owners are of course betting that this will continue. Looking at the best defensive sides, it seems Thomas Tuchel has followed that old maxim of making the defense work before getting the attacking play in order, and Chelsea have improved immensely. They're now at the top four minutes per XG conceded in this period. That is um, ahead of Man City and some uh, interesting names come third and fourth where we have Brighton and Fulham. We already knew how good Brighton were defensively but Fulham have made an impressive improvement from a side that were at the bottom at the start of the season for minutes per XG conceded. Over such a short time period, fixtures are of course important and kind fixtures did help Chelsea as they faced three bottom half sides in this period and Spurs. And that might not be so surprising that they kept a clean sheet against Spurs either as Spurs are third worst for minutes per XG produced. That means they're only slightly better than Sheffield United at second worst and Aston Villa at bottom. Is the Harry Kane triple captaincy a slight risk? Maybe. So over this time period, Aston Villa have both the worst attack and the worst defence, which is of course a concern to many managers who are tripled up on them as they now have two potential doubles and a game in the blank game week. Hopefully we'll see some improvement sooner rather than later. That's all I have for now, folks. I hope you find some of it useful. Back to you, Rich. Thanks for that, Alan. Um, um, that was actually Alan. I just believe Alan has a cold at the moment, so that's why he sounds like a Scandinavian Barry White. Um, so we <laughs> go back to the headlines. First headline. Now, obviously, we didn't. I was going to say we didn't mention it on the pod last week, but that pod never got released. Um, but the Premier League decided to release the schedule, um, the rearranged fixtures, about one minute after after the deadline. 
uh, that Friday night deadline we just had. So we do have most of the fixtures now, and they were pretty spot on with what Ben Krellin Ben Krellin said. So we've obviously got all these double game weeks in 26. Then in 27, so which is the game week after, uh, we know that Man City and Southampton have a double game week. Um, that fixture obviously is Man City against Southampton. And then we've got this fixture that could possibly go into 28, which is Aston Villa against Everton. Then we yeah. go into the blank schedule in 29. So if we come to you first, Stefan, I mean, what were your first thoughts when, when the fixtures came out on Friday night? Uh, first off, uh, uh, I was annoyed, of course, <laughs> because it came after the deadline. Yeah. But I guess everyone was. There were some rumours that uh, that we knew the 26 fixtures, but we didn't know anything after that, or we couldn't assume anything after that. Uh, so, But the interesting thing I think we need to say regarding Gaming 28 is after the Europa League draw this Friday, we will know if... Game week 28 double between Aston Villa and Everton can occur. Because if if both Arsenal and Spurs are drawn to play at home in the same week, the, the one, one of the fixtures will be moved to the Wednesday. And that means there are no room to put the Villa-Everton game in 28. So I guess that's uh, maybe what they're waiting for, to see if it's actually a possibility to... To, to put Everton Villa into 28 because they don't want to send the Premier League games at the same time as the Europa League games or the Champions League games. Okay, so we want think, one of Arsenal and Spurs to be away, basically, in that draw. Is that right? Yeah, or both of them away at the same time, yeah. uh, ahead of game week 29. So we figure out that was to be the, leg, the second leg. I guess just follow Ben Krellin, but uh, there will be some information Friday in the Champions, in the Europa League draw that will be interesting for Gaming 28. I don't think uh, Premier League will maybe release uh, the extra fixture if uh, it happens to be a favorable draw, but I think maybe ahead of Gaming 27 we will get get something there and we will we will know for sure if 28 isn't a possibility if the draw comes out that way. That's a, that's a disclaimer. Don't touch anything until Friday. And please don't make uh, Kane uh, rise too much in price. That would be that would be great. <laughs> <Let's>, um, <laughs> I've, I've already got him in for a hit ahead of my wild card, just, just in case. Um, yeah, yeah. So you're, you're ruining, the, ruining, ruining the game. <laughs> yeah, so, sorry. I just, um, yeah. It's my de- dirty but, tactics. <laughs> yeah, but my reaction other than that was I was... I was of course looking at the wild card. I have three ships left: wild card, uh, free hit, and the bench boost, and I need to play them sometime. But uh, on the other hand, my team is pretty good right now, and it's pretty good for gaming 26 already. So I, I don't feel I need to do something. But I was, uh, and I, I felt I couldn't pull the trigger on the wild card 25 without having 100% uh, information on the doubles in 26 and 27. I think it would be a the thing I was trying to get was uh, a Southampton double in both 25, 26 and 27. But when that didn't happen, I'm glad I didn't pull the pull the wild card because uh, I would have a hard time getting the bench boost off with a decent result, I think. so. Yeah, I, th- I think if you, if you can avoid Danny Ng scoring a, scoring a hat-trick against Leeds... Um, I think it's yeah. you know it's quite good because obviously he doesn't have that or Southampton don't have that double in 26 now, um, which obviously is a shame for those of us who, who do have some Southampton oh. assets. 
And other than that, I think that uh, I know a lot of guys have already prepared for the bench boost, and 26 would be a great bench boost for those who had prepared. But uh, for those who did the wild card, I don't see it doesn't seem very great to bench boost in that game. There aren't a lot of the cheap players that you want. Maybe you can drop some Fulham in there, for example. But uh, it's uh, it's not uh, very easy to find uh, very cheap players to, to bench boost. No, I think Fulham are a key to this whole period because they're they double in 26, they're cheap. They're obviously doing quite well recently, but then they have that game in 29, that blank game week, yeah. um, which we need to be quite aware of, really. But I mean, Josh, what, what were your first thoughts when you saw the fixtures? I think the two the two main factors uh, were that Southampton obviously didn't double and that lead uh, sorry Southampton didn't double and that um, Fulham and West Brom did. Um, so from my perspective, to essentially get to that bench boost, I needed a um, a cheap keeper. So it was perfect that I had you know the option of uh, well I mean I I went for Ariola before the deadline, but I was quite confident they get it. Um, it was Ariola or, or Johnston uh, were looking if, if, if they were going to both double that they would be the best sort of budget keepers for uh, for game week 26. Yeah, don't trust Johnston. Well, I, I went for Ariola for, for a few yeah. reasons, really. One, because obviously prior to the fixtures getting released, we weren't 100% sure about the Spurs-Villa game going into 29. So I thought, OK, I've got a bit more of insurance there just in case that doesn't happen or Martin has picked up an injury or whatever. The other thing is, obviously, I think Fulham have got a chance of staying up. West Brom seem like they're down. Um, I think Ariola's a great keeper. They look a lot better defensively. And actually, looking at this, just purely on the clean sheets this season, West Brom kept two. And prior to this game week, um, Fulham had kept six. So now it's obviously 7-3. But, you know, it's it's still comfortably ahead of them in terms of keeping clean sheets. So, yeah, um, so those were the main takeaways, really. Um, I think most of it was pretty much as expected. Of course, you know, again, um, hats off to Ben Crellin for his fantastic work. Yeah, no, yeah. he he got most most of it right. Or I don't yeah. think anything was un- unexpected. It was just a couple of fifty fifties that we weren't sure. No, about. I mean, I think yeah. the only things that have been unexpected that we've had really so far um, have actually been. Um, what happened this week, Leeds Southampton, and what happened last week? I don't think we expected the Fulham Burnley game to go last week. So, but but yeah, apart from that, it's been pretty much ninety five percent on track, hasn't it? So, yeah, it's it's great. And and and, and as, as I, I tweeted out earlier uh, earlier this week, um, you know, to to kind of navigate this season without Ben and his spreadsheets and predictions would be um, unthinkable. I think also a main takeaway here is Premier League is really pushing to get these fixtures uh, played. They yeah. they don't seem very willing to take any risk with regards to having fixtures left for 20, uh, 37 or something as per usual. So they need to have some gaps there for potential COVID cases and postponements. So I... Uh, that's why I think there's a good chance, uh, again, that uh, we get a double also in 28 if the Europa League draw is favourable. And that opens up a few other allies to maybe a wild card in 27 to, to prepare for 27 and 28 with the doubles and free hit in 29 for those who have that ship, ship like me. So there are... Uh, the landscape changes from 
pretty much every every time they get another announcement or get some injuries or get some COVID, they, this will be a pretty fluent thing uh, until the yeah. end of the season. Maybe. <laughs> there are a few teams that stand out. I mean, I think my first thoughts were, I know Leicester don't play in 29, but they've got Arsenal and Burnley. And I mean, obviously they were pretty decent today against Villa. Um, obviously we've mentioned Fulham. Then we've got Villa. Um, they play every game week. They might have, like you say, Stefan, they might have two double game weeks ahead of that that blank as well. It's just yeah. a, a blank we play and It's just a shame about Grealish, really. Well, Villa are the dream, really, aren't they? They could have six fixtures in four game weeks. And it's, just, um, it's a shame they're out, the out free of hit. Yeah, well, I know. If we had Villa from a few weeks ago, they'd be they're yeah, no brainer. The worst they've looked all season at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and yes, a lot of that does stem on the form of Grealish, of course, and that he's now injured. But um, I think yeah, they are they are the dream ticket. And then obviously yeah, you've got like you mentioned Fulham, who who double and and then play in the blank. You've got Spurs who double and then play in the blank. The only thing I'd say about Fulham is game week twenty seven, game week twenty eight. They've got Liverpool away and City at home, so. You know, obviously, in my case, Ariola, put him on the bench. If you're going to bring in Lookman, great, put him on the bench. But these players, you're not going to want to play them game week 27 or 28. And I know Liverpool are in bad form, but let's be honest, you know, they're, um, they've are they they've lost a few games recently, but I can't see them losing at home to Fulham. So, um, yeah, you got to kind of, you got to you got to manage it well to, to essentially get a great team out for 26 that, and also be able to get you know as many players out in 29 and also have a strong 27 and 28 it's about squad management really opens up a bit of interesting takes here with Villa's poor form we have as you said the amount of games is pretty interesting uh, you need to you need to get the Villa players somehow but uh after having watched especially the Brighton game and this uh, at least the first half today were exactly like the Brighton game. They were totally dominated and how Brighton is such a good team. I don't know how they couldn't beat them last last week. And uh, the Villa form is coming at the absolute worst time. And that makes me... Somehow, somehow I think it's okay to not have Grealish given their form is bad. It's... It, Maybe good to have some of the more cheap players, uh, perhaps, to not lock up too many funds, because uh, it, it might as well be target getting the points uh, rather than Grealish a game. And, and Grealish hasn't looked good for a while now, I think. he's. Uh, I don't know about his exact numbers or something. I'm just basing this off watching... Uh, all his games, and mm. especially I think the still, Brighton I think game. He's still creating so, chances, but I, I don't think he's yeah. having a great deal of shots in terms of uh, shot volume. You know, um, so yeah, he's, he's still still doing that bit, and that's why Watkins' stats have looked good because he's creating yeah. a lot, but he's not he's not really shooting much. And what watching him as an owner, it's really funny. You watch him as a non-owner. And when I've not had him, and you go, oh God, he's he's you know he's in the he's in the box, he's threatening this, he's looking great, he's you know he's he just looks dangerous the whole game. But then as an owner, you look at him sometimes, and you're like, shoot, bloody shoot! And he literally just <laughs> dances around all the time, and you're like, Sh-. I reckon he could have twice the amount of goals that he's had this season if he just actually. Just, just had a few more shots. Because if you look at the goals he scored, 
He's not scored that many that have been, that I recall anyway, that have been sort of inside the box tap-ins or anything. They've all, quite a lot of them have been from outside the box. So, yeah, it's um, he's, he's, he's a funny one. But yeah, I think I think it's interesting with Villa. Um, and it's really strange why they've dipped because I can't really, yes, you know, you can say the form of Grealish isn't, I think he's been great. He's been great every week. I've not personally seen him play and gone, well, Grealish isn't great today. You know, now obviously today they play without him, but they didn't get smashed. They lost 2-1 uh, against a good team. Now I don't I don't look at Villa and go there is an underlying reason there why they have changed massively in 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 the last few weeks they've not lost they've not lost a big they've not not lost a big player to injury prior to this week um, they've not changed their system um, they play the they are them and Leeds are you know two of the only teams in the league who play the same eleven every week pretty much. So I don't know what it is really. It'd be really interesting to hear from, you know, Villa fans. I think it doesn't really matter because, like Stefan alluded to, they're a bit of a gift. If they have a double, then a single, then a double, then they play yeah, in a completely. blank. Completely. And like but, Stefan said, I mean, Grealish is quite expensive, but if he's out, and obviously we might not know, El Ghazi might become an option. Oh, massively. Um, they've got so lost. many options. El Ghazi. Don't go for El Ghazi. No, no. no? You, should get that, you should get Traore. He, he is nailed on. Oh, but then El, Ghazi's, El Ghazi's performance today was utterly bad, so really? uh, and he got pulled early. So uh, um, I'm I'm much more inclined to say Traore or even Barkley. Barkley, I'd probably, some... go, I'd probably avoid both of them and go Barkley. But the the, the only thing I'd say um, uh, about Villa, yes, they are a gift, you know, a potentially six game weeks in, in in four. But what I mean is just talking about game week 26 when a lot what well, most of the teams in the league double right now not including game week 28 when there's going to be only two teams we think that are double uh, Everton and, and Villa you know is it are they priority transfers at the moment in terms of bringing their players in you know if you've got just Grealish do you need Watkins as well if you've only got Watkins do you need Grealish as well if he's fit that is um I just think they're one of their they're one of those teams where you probably say apart from if Grealish is injured for 26 they're a don't buy don't sell really aren't they yeah yeah I'm going to buy something someone I think because you have uh, the the Grealish injury is one thing but the other thing is the Matty Cash hamstring in injury mm. uh, and, and yeah. when I watched him got injured he could barely walk off the pitch so it looked like it was uh, Dean Smith said three to four weeks and that means El Mohamedi might last until 29. And with those hamstring injuries, you pretty much never know. Uh, as uh, Ross Barkley used four months to be touch and go, like uh, Daesh would have said. And he, he didn't come back for a long, long time. And Matty Cash it looked pretty serious as well as a hamstring injury. So I, I do like El Mohamedi. And he uh, he's someone who might come in for me. And I oh, have the wild card yeah. in hand, and and he's a BPS monster. Uh, if you remember from him playing games before, he he usually does very well on them. And today he both outperformed the target and Martinez with his five saves. So it, um, I think he looks good. He has he's some good a, crosses in him. He's he just a transfer way to happen, though, isn't no, he? He's uh, if you have the wild card, if you have the oh, wild card, the wild left, card. Uh, I thought you meant on your wild card. Yeah, you mean, you mean he might. He, he, he might. He, he's a risk on the wild card. He's a slight risk, but then again, 
if you end up in game with 29 with 10 men rather than 11 because El Mohamedi doesn't play and you face Burst at home anyway, how big of a loss is it? I guess maybe two and a half points. And the thing also with, especially for me with the bench boost left and for others with bench boost, that you don't want to lock up all this money. You hear the argument against the bench boost all the time, but ah, I don't want to have all the money benched for the rest of the season, so I, I'd rather play it late. That's the usual train of thought. But he at 4.3 million, he's like, you can, he can just rot there. And after game week 29, if Villa gets their double in 28, they have worse fixtures and you don't want any Villa players for the foreseeable future. So uh, I think you can just do you think let he's him work. Do you think he's worth a Villa season? spot though? When in, in the okay, if Grealish was fit, you were just slagging talk. off Villa. So why do you care about Villa? <laughs> <laughs> because you've got six games in four game weeks, as discussed. Right? If 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 I'm just purely looking at game week 26, I'm saying yep. for yep. game week 26, they're a don't buy, don't sell because of the form they're in. Okay. I'm but not saying I'm Sheffield not going to buy any of their players. I'm saying at the moment they, they are a classic don't buy, don't sell because of their form. But with regards to El Mohamedi, I mean, I've got Martinez, I've got Grealish. So if I'm going to add one more, I'm going to be looking at Watkins, Barkley, you know, I just think it's it's just a real it could be a real waste of a spot. And then let's say, okay, you've got your free hit, Stefan, but people that don't, you get to twenty nine and Matty Cash is back and yep. you know, you've locked yourself out of getting another villa player because um you've got El Mohammedi there. Or even game week twenty eight, you've locked yourself out of getting another villa player because you've got El Mohammedi who's now not gonna play. I just think um I think Martin is Grealish if he's fit and Watkins are the three to go for and if Grealish isn't fit I'd probably say Barkley and Watkins and Martinez. My, my counter argument to just to finish this off would be uh, you have to say okay in isolation I get your point and if uh, Matty Cash is making a very quick recovery from his hamstring injury he might be able to play the double in 28 and you, you waste the transfer. That's a transfer wasted. But you have to look at what bringing in a 4.3 million player in 26 gives you. you. You get something. And you can say, okay, Barkley is a better better shout or Traore or someone else. But then again, you have to use a midfield spot. And who do you sell to get those guys yeah. in? So oh. so the thing for me is, uh, that's why I'm looking at El Mohamedi, is yeah. because... He, he funds Kane for me. I can fund Kane by going El Mohamedi and I can keep Bruno. I can I can uh, keep the penalties that come pretty much every game. I can keep Salah in case he, he t- returns to form and I can keep Son and uh, Gundogan, whatever. I don't need to sacrifice my guys because I can I have this great enabler in El Mohamedi. So I'm I think so- that's, uh, that's, uh, that's the point with him. And I'm not saying he's going to come good, but I'm saying if... Matty Cash's injury is as serious as it looks and have been reported. I think you should be good until 29, hopefully. And if he misses 29, it's a very low expected value versus Tottenham anyways. But uh, it's a punt. and uh, He's an enabler more than a punt. Maybe, maybe. Th- these I like rem- him. 
those were my thoughts on it as well, Stefan, because I sent a couple of drafts on WhatsApp yesterday. So I, I knew that Josh wouldn't like the El Mohamedi shout because I had him in my draft <laughs> as well. Um, and it is it does depend on Matty Cash. Like you said, El Mohamedi, you know, he's historically had good BPS, um, but he's also had quite good attacking numbers as well. He's also um, just had his pants completely pulled down by Harvey Barnes against Leicester today. So who's to say he even starts the next game? I mean, who, who else is going to start? Who <laughs> yeah. else is going to start? I don't know. But well, yeah, he's clearly not had a great game. If Barnes think, has come away, I think there's a, there's a it's, a, it's a totally team dependent yeah. because I think Konza is putting up just as good attacking numbers as Target, despite Target, you know, having a, quite a few more points. So I think there's that. Ha- it depends what that point three can do for you. Like Stefan said, if he can get Kane by going El Mohamedi over Konza, for example, I, I see no problem with it because you can just let him again, like Stefan said, just let him rot on your bench. You know, El Mohamedi would be your your fifteenth man, maybe your fourteenth man, um, and it's the same with Burn at Brighton. Um, yeah. Obviously, another player who plays in fifteen. So I think for wild carders, maybe not for people doing doing transfers. I think El Mohamedi players like Dan Burn. They're, they're worth the risk. Even Eiling at 4.4 million. Um, obviously, he now hasn't got talking. doubles. Now you're talking. Yeah, so you like Eiling, but you don't no. like El Mohamedi. I don't, because <laughs> he's not nailed. Long term, long anyway, term, but... he's not nailed. <laughs> so you're, you're, you're talking in your wild carding in and bringing El Mohamedi. Stefan is talking about taking him on and losing him on the wild card. And that's two different things. I just think it's... For you, you're going to have a player there who you can't play in three or four weeks' time. I mean, I've got a player and, and plus four he... called Reese James who fills that same role. So at least I'll be saving, <laughs> at least I'll be saving money on it. I just think, yeah, I, I just think he's he's just a, a transfer. Anyway, we are talking, we are talking we are, about rubbish, are. rubbish, rubbish defenders. Yeah. So, yeah. so um, I guess we what we <laughs> yeah, let, let, let's let's move on. Um, I think one more thing to round up this headline, and then we we move on to our to our strategies, which we covered a little bit anyway. Is I think obviously Man City are probably going to be. You know, we've not even mentioned them because it's so obvious. <laughs> yeah. um, but I think we should discuss the the three Man City players. We you know we're looking at, especially with the unexpected return of De Bruyne today, who played sixty two minutes. So, Stefan, if you had to pick. Three Man City, and I know we'd want to pick, you know, five or six if we could. Um, who would they be? Well, I thought about this, and I uh, I didn't dare to watch the City game after Gundogan started today. But I <laughs> after after I saw the result and I was safe, I was uh, quickly watching the game by uh, fast forwarding through the boring bits. And I can I can say that I was lucky with Gundogan once again. He he is in the right spots, and he should be one of the guys for me end of because he's so cheap and because in a pepper said rotation 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 and he's shown it shown it now so i think the cheaper you go the better it is gundogan might get as much points as kdb i think he will be he he won't be as good of a captain in 27 but he will be a good captain in 27 i don't think uh, getting the Bruyne for twice the price almost is worth it and that brings me to to the minutes and rotation. I think Diaz needs to be in there because he plays uh, the most. He has only been rested once, and that was when he had uh, a stomach problem. So, so far, we haven't seen Pep willing to rotate him, although we should expect it to happen a bit more in the future. And he was but he should the be man the... of the match once again today. 
Yeah, and the last one is the guy who just missed uh, his 15-pointer in Cancelo, or his 14-pointer with yellow, mm. but uh, he should be in there for me. Again, he's cheap uh, compared to the others, and he looks to be starting a bunch of games, and he, he has such an attacking threat. I think he's been underperforming, or, or the owners have been unlucky for a long time with not getting more points from him. He he uh, He's an explosion waiting to happen in pretty much any game, so... Those would be my three, and the point of, I know I should maybe bring up De Bruyne here to get some, to get the best captain for 27. But I think when you look at the whole stretch, say you're on the wild card now or, or something, the stretch until the end of the season with the rotation, I think you should save your money and spend the money on the guys you are sure gets 90 minutes week in and week out. And for now, that will be Son, Kane. I guess Salah should play both in a double. I think Fernandes will play them, uh, play both in a double. So um, Cancelo, Diaz, and Gundogan for me. I don't want to scaremonger, but with uh, and I love owning Cancelo. But do you think from the from the highlights you've seen that I mean Cancelo obviously made a few mistakes today, and he missed that chance. He, like you like you said, he should have got 14 points. Um, obviously taking into account the yellow card. And you know what Pep's like? He's quite petulant. Um, does does that worry you at all? Um, that a slightly poor performance could get him no, dropped? Because I, I usually watch all the games. Uh, I watch too much football now. Uh, yeah. I usually watch all the City, <laughs> City games. Uh, and even though Cancelo had a bad game today, if you say he had, I, I wasn't able to watch a bad game, uh, the whole game. I think he's way too good. And he seems to have a pivotal role in Pep's system now, where he, he he's... A right back on paper, but he never plays right back. He, he's like uh, further forward than De Bruyne at, at some point, and he yeah. he seems to be drifting centrally and pushing forward. So it seems to be, uh, and it's working. City wins every game, and and Cancelo plays this special role, and I don't think Walker can play that role at all. He seems like another type of player. So so that just tells me that Cancelo will play. As much as he is allowed to, and uh, I'm not worried at all that he will be dropped or something like that. No, I do agree. I mean, I was just playing devil's advocate. And it's not easy, to be fair, playing against Tierney Tierney and Saka as well. So I think it's quite a tough, tough day for him. But yeah, I agree. I mean, he can explode any week. And the fact he's only exploded once is is, is the only real shocking thing to me. Um, Josh, what three city would you go for? Well, those are the three I own. Uh, the ones that Stefan just mentioned, Diaz, okay. Cancelo and Gundogan. Um, I think, yeah, with regards to, um, you know, the 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 return of obviously KDB, it's, it's the same way as I view Sterling. Um, I think that, um, you know, Gundogan is so cheap and so great value. He's, he's a lock for me. Um, and the thing is, is in terms of your value in the, you know, if you want to cover United's attack, you've got to go for Bruno. If you want to cover Liverpool attack, you've got to go for Salah, Spurs. It's got to be Son or Kane. That needs a lot of money, but you know you can almost not not cover the attack with a Gundogan. But if you're looking for two defenders and one attacking asset, you're better to 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 use your you know to to, to use the value that you've got there. In, in, in the Gundogan pick rather than trying to squeeze a, a, a more premiumly priced player in like De Bruyne or Sterling. Um, and I think, um, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm just going to be loyal at the moment and stick with those three. 
and pretty much stick with those three until I play my wild card um, <laughs> later on, really. What if you were wild carding now? I definitely think Gundogan and Diaz are, are a lock. I think the third one, I mean, if I was wild carding right now and I was in your position, if I'm honest with you, and this is going to be sitting on the fence a bit, it would come down to who who, who uh, gets the rest against uh, Borussia Mönchengladbach in the week. Because yeah. you, you would think that whoever gets a rest there should play both games in the double. And I would say that it would be worth just getting that player for, for, for that reason. So I'd, I'd say Gundogan Diaz and one player who doesn't play that game, whether that be Cancelo, Foden, um, Stones, whatever. All, yeah. all, 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 all those diffi- three are diffi- fine. It's difficult, isn't it? I, mean, it is I wouldn't difficult. personally go... Um, I wouldn't personally go Sterling or KDB because of the money. I think it's too much when you've got Gundogans and Foden's knocking about and defenders who are, you know, matching them most weeks anyway. Yeah. So I would definitely go for three, you know, around the, the, the sort of six million price essentially and spread your, you know, use your money elsewhere. And that sounds crazy to say because they're the best team in the league by a country mile. Um, so why wouldn't you want the most expensive assets? But the reason is they are offering incredible value. Use your money on the teams where you can't get those same value options in, like United, Liverpool, Spurs. Yeah, no, I can get that. I mean, I think for me, um, Gundogan, you've both said it. I mean, he's a lock for me. And today, even with KDB, I think that confirmed it. I'd, I'd still go Foden. Um, I, I think I know he was he was rested shocked today. Me, Rich. But, you shocked me. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. I just think I I think I said it before, but with if Gundogan wasn't there, I think more people would be looking at Foden because I think he is important to how City play. Um, obviously he's gonna he's not gonna have what he had the other week where KDB was out. He was on all corners, for example. Um, yeah, and equally yeah, last week when he was. When you triple captain him and he played the second game in the in the uh, centre midfield. Yeah, role. I think the Good return of KDB is it will affect. You know, he looked incredible in that game, and I think we won't quite get that level of performance. I just I just think that Mares is looking really good at the moment, and he did, he did for about twenty minutes today. But do you know, I, don't know. I, feel, I think he's. It just Pet he, made some he blows, really good comments about Foden. Uh, he did, I, yeah, yeah. But Mares blows hot and cold all the time. Pep said rotation, 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 and they'll all probably get rotated apart from maybe Diaz. But um, I think it, you know, it seems that Ferran Torres is not getting a look in at the moment. Um, it's but his first season, was, though. I mean, it was Cancelo's first season. What was it last year? And he didn't get a look into. It seems to be second year under Pep. You get it, a real look. It was, look in. but if you remember right at the start of the season when we both owned Foden, Torres um, was getting more minutes. Than and him. false nine, no, it, and that was surprising. That was. Surprising. It was really but, yeah. surprising because I agree with you. Normally, you know, beds him in slowly, and then second season, right? Welcome to the team. You've earned your stripes. But I think. You know, what I was going to say was is that I think a lot of the time it's going to be two of those three, Sterling, Mares, and uh, and Foden, which was the only thing that concerned me. But I do agree. I do think he's still definitely a viable. Plus, don't, for, don't forget I'm chasing as well. So stuff like Foden, um, his ownership's staying low for a reason because people were looking at other assets. So, I'm, I mean, I'm happy with it. And then it's just between the, the choice I'd have to make is between Cancelo and De Bruyne because I don't think De Bruyne is good value but I thought this last season with Kane I didn't think he was good value but he's going to stay low owned possibly for that reason 
But if you went um, into 27, right? So you go into 27, and there's a lot of people who haven't played their wild card, or those who played them last week wouldn't have gone for him probably on their wild card, or unlikely. Um, you know, when I say last week, I mean the week we're in now. They've just played it, right? And everyone's going into it, and everyone's captaining Gundogan because that's he's the he's the main owned attacking asset. Would you captain KDB instead of him? Yeah, yeah, I think if, I would. If you, this if is your a, answer this is. is the, it's a decision I need to make, and I can't yeah. make it before the Champions League game. I agree. Um, if your answer yeah. is yes, get him. If your answer is no, I'd, I'd captain. The reason, the reason, no. the reason I'd probably captain De Bruyne is the nailedness. But then maybe Gundogan's got that as well. So no, it's a good point. It's a good point. He's got I, to show. He's got to I, show. In my yeah. opinion, he's got to show something on, you know, to be even considered at the moment. And you know, I, I, I just. I just don't think it's worth it at the moment. I really don't. I, I quite find it ha- hard to disagree. I mean, you both make great points. I don't think De Bruyne is is worth it, but it's just sometimes it's looking for those differentials. And I don't touches think money's that hard. Is, um, touches in the box is the key stat to look at when comparing De Bruyne to these other picks we've spoken about. Yeah, but he, he also has his eight-point penalties, doesn't he? Until maybe, until Aguero's back. And then I think Aguero might be ahead of him, but... We've been waiting a long time for that one, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, we've been waiting over <laughs> a year till he played 90 minutes. So we'll move on to our second headline. Now, we've touched on it a little bit already. Um, it's hard not to overlap them, but it's our double game week 26 strategies. So we'll start with a question, and then we we'll go into it. So Alex Ball has asked on the Slack channel, he remembers Stefan saying, hits can be okay for a double game week. How many hits would you take for the upcoming double, and who are a few good differential targets? Thanks. Now, Stefan, normally on Slack, when I mention doing hits, you're like, nope, don't do it. So this surprises me, but go on. <laughs> yeah, I still learn, and uh, I've learned the hard way that, uh, that the, the key thing here is in a double game week, you might get lucky twice. So when a player is normally, say, you, uh, you're expected to score five points, and then you're expected to score five points times two equals ten. And you have another player with a single game week that is expected to score seven points. So a hit, say, oh, a hit, you should lose a point on this hit. But the thing, the thing you get with a player with a double game week is you have two shot, shots at getting lucky. So the player, even though he's expected to score five points, he can easily score ten points, fifteen points, and he can do that twice, which is the case with the. Uh, with my lesson for game double game week 19, where Antonio scored a goal in each game, got nine points each game, got 18 points. Whereas Bamford had an off day versus Brighton and got two, which was my player I chose to start instead of hitting in Antonio. So, so that got me thinking, and I think that uh, it's a bit. You have to look at the double game weeks as a potential to get really lucky, and. Those are the moments, those big game weeks or those great game weeks where you get a good game week rank and you uh, get the big green arrow. And you might be willing to sacrifice some potential value uh, and take a hit that on paper should maybe cost you a point. I'm not saying 10 points, Mm -hmm. 12 points, but uh, when it's marginal, I, I, I like to think the hit is the best way. So, And that's what I'm probably looking at this game week. I haven't taken a, taken a hit so far this season, but uh, game week 26 oh, wow. looks to not be my hit. first... first. No, not one hit. Wow. And, uh, but now I think I'm going to take <laughs> the hit, exactly because of uh, the Kane. We, we watched Kane today, and uh, he was... I still think it was good the first half, 
even though Spurs weren't really great, he, he was shooting and he was getting into the right spots. And I like that. That That's what you want from Kane. And creating and sec- as well. Yeah, and second half, he looked he looks very good. So I, I think I have to give myself the opportunity of getting lucky with the Kane captain. Uh, you think he'd be definitely be the captain, right captain to go for? Yeah, I think so. I think he's not going to play the Euro, Euro, Europa League now. So I think uh, Kane should be the captain. Even though I guess Mikkel will, uh, Tukvam will uh, argue for Salah in his algorithm. I think he may be coming out on top. But uh, uh, watching Salah and Liverpool now, oh, I know Sheffield yeah, no United has Salah. big trouble in their defence, but... There's something about uh, Kane and uh, Burnley, Fulham. It, it's very tempting, and I think Kane gave the right answers today, whereas most others didn't give the right answers. Bruno, hard to judge. Penalties, uh, I just I can't get... I, I, penalties I and, what scream- about. Penalties and yeah. screamers. <laughs> yeah, it, it's very hard to get the grip on Bruno. But uh, uh, with Kane... If one of these games are going to get get 5-0, which games are is it going to be? Maybe City, but who knows who gets the points. But uh, Spurs can easily win 5-0 against Burnley at home if they have their day. And uh, really? I want to have... Yeah. yeah We're talking about the same Spurs at the moment. Yeah. Did you... Uh, after I watched all the games this, this week and Burnley fell apart defensively. Yeah. It was, it oh, was you were talking more about the opposition than actually Spurs. Burn, Burnley therefore. do that. Burnley either yeah. stay tight or compl- like they did against Liverpool or just collapse like against City. There doesn't seem to be an in-between with Burnley. No, but remember the, the Fulham game the other way around when uh, when the Spurs had Fulham at home and a lot of players, were managers were saying... Oh, I'm not going to go for Kane. Spurs has been out of form. But Kane and Son both had field days or, or big returns that game week. I don't remember the exact scores, but they were out of form, but met Fulham at home and they got some points. And the same thing I think might uh, even happen now. So, um, Yeah, and Kane's not, got, what, 24 attacking returns in what, 23 yeah. games? This is crazy. Yeah, it's it's something about giving yourself the opportunity to to be lucky. It's the double game weeks, and uh, that's my new mindset when it comes to double game weeks, which I, is probably very obvious to many people. But for me, that was a bit of a revelation. I was too focused on the numbers, I think, and I'm gonna try to be a little bit little bit more opportunistic now. It's yeah, definitely I like a, it. it's definitely a form over fixture. Uh, sorry, fixtures over form pick, Kane, though, isn't it? I mean, I'm not saying I'm not going to go for it. I'm not going to say I'm not going to captain him because it's definitely in my mind because of those fixtures. And you know that, you know, that he could, he could, you know, seriously haul. And he's a great triple captain option. Do you think he's out of form? I don't think Kane's out of form. I'm talking about team, though. Oh, God, yeah. But, I mean, does it matter with him? Yeah, I think it does. He's blanked his last two games. Um, 90 minutes both games. All right, one of them was against like City, non-Premier but... League games though, hasn't he? But which team, which team is in form, Josh? <laughs> which team is in form that you want City. the captain from? City. Yeah, but so, why, so why not? Day. Why not? Okay, what? just just theoretically, right? I'm just putting it out there. Yeah. Oh, and Bruno is in form. Uh, Leicester. Um, yeah, oh God, I wouldn't captain any of their players though. Um, 
I think, you know, you've you got to look at it. It's say like, say like I mentioned Gladbach on midweek, uh, Gundogan gets rested. He goes, right, you had a little groin niggle. Played, you played 90 minutes um, against Arsenal. We're going to rest you for mentioning Gladbach. And he gets a full rest. Would you not consider it with two, um, two, two great fixtures? Because uh, City have Manchester United at home at the first game in 27. So that means the Wolverhampton game came, comes uh, right ahead of United at home. So if he's going yeah, to play his B side, it's going to be against Wolverhampton. But he's not going to rest. Got... He's not going to rest Gundogan, for example, two two games in out of three. Why I just not? I just think I just think <laughs> like, I think Kane is the trying... obvious from a fixtures yeah. perspective. But if we're talking form, I personally think it's it's Gundogan and Bruno. Are the best options from a form perspective, and it, and it's and it's and it's really about how do you pick your captains? Do you pick your captains over over fixtures, or do you pick them over form? And and that's what you've got to judge it on, I think. I think the math says you should uh, always pick the captains based on fixture, no doubt. I think that's the correct answer, and it's backed yeah. up by bunch of bunch of statistics. So. I think the fixture is the key, and the second part, uh, which the algorithms like, is minutes. And with Kane, you know what you get. You're going to get close to 180 minutes if he's not mm-hmm. injured. And he got two great fixtures. Bruno might be the same. I'm not going to argue against Bruno and <clears> his penalties. <throat> he might be exactly the same, and you get exactly the same as Kane. It's a equal viable option. I have no problem. But I do have a problem with the City guys, especially if you don't own KDB. If you're gonna go, if you have a couple of premiums with a double game week where you know they will get all the minutes, you can't really go for a, a cheaper player with a lower expected output and also uncertain minutes. That's the beautiful uh, thing about Kane that you know he's gonna play 180 minutes. He's on he's on penalties, even though they don't seem to get as many penalties as you know, some other teams like uh, Man United. Um, yeah, I, I, li- I like the Kane pick. And I think he will be the, the top captain player this game week for people that own him. Um, but we've got a question on Twitter. CG, who are the best fringe players to make up the bench boost for 26? E.g. best 4.5 million and under keeper, best 5 million and under midfielder. I mean, that's obviously bench boost in this game week. I mean, Stefan, do you have any that you'd look at if you were bench boost in this game week? Yeah, like Josh's team with uh, Areola. I think he he's a good goalkeeper. Yeah, a, no, I agree. He can get some saves. And Lukman from the same team seems perfect. Yeah, Fulham have a lot of them because they've got um, Aina as well. Is it Aina? Um, the, yeah. The wingback, yeah. yeah. Um, they've got him as well at 4.5 million. So, I mean, definitely for this game, we, yeah, the, the Fulham players. Do you have any, Josh? Well, this is... The next question, funnily enough, that we've got asked on Twitter, FPL says, he said, I'm wondering if Jorginho is worth a penalty punt. Um, he was dropped for the Southampton game, but will that be the case against the big boys? And I was going to say, I think Jorginho as a bench boost, you know, uh, enabler uh, to play two games is on pens. It's not the worst, really, is it? Um, on, on a bench boost when he when he scores he often comes away with three bonus points so I think he's he's interesting yeah I agree with Stefan Lookman um there's not a whole you're, you're a Chelsea of... fan who's who's actually nailed under Tuchel <laughs> is, 
No not one even, looked, even, no even the goalkeeper. Even Mendy, yeah. 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 Oh, I'm not enjoying it one bit. I'm not enjoying him at all. I just think, like, I, I never enjoyed managers who rotated. I, I've, it, it took me a long time to, to kind of really like Benitez and the way that he did things because... I was never into like I don't know I just think you look at teams over the years who've won the league uh, who've won the Premier League and most of them not all most of them um, have have done that by playing you know pre- predominantly the same eleven each week you look at how less how well Leicester did with it and I just don't understand why he's bent uh, resting and well, rotating a lot so much. But Reese James is the one that I find the weirdest of all of them. Why yeah. why he he doesn't play him every week? He is absolute class. He is to us what Phil Foden is to Man City. He is that good. And I just don't understand why he thinks <laughs> Callum Hudson Odoi is. Do you know what? Right I was at, as a Reese James owner, I was quite glad when Hudson Odoi got subbed on and then subbed off about 15 minutes later. <laughs> The comments made it sound like it was because he was lazy in the press or something. So, you know, there were shots fired from Tuchel there. And, yeah, like I say, as a Reese James owner, I, I quite enjoyed that. Well, as a former yeah, Reese James yeah, owner. He played, he played further forward, uh, Hudson Odoi, that game. He was uh, in an attacking position. And he did, yeah. Back. He played for a wingback. I can't even remember. I didn't uh, see it. Was, Reece, um, James, James, James played. James, James played, yeah. yeah. And he got a yeah. bonus point. He got a boat and a yeah. boat. He's a bonus, bonus magnet, and I've got him coming yeah, off my bench. Sorry, beg your pardon. I'm talking about the previous game um, against Newcastle that he, yeah, of um, course, he got bench. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I just, I just think it's, it's nuts. Anyway, he's, he's, he's. Um, yeah, he's, Chelsea, Chelsea's double is not kind. So, so if we go into, so the headline is obviously our strategies uh, for double game week 26. So if we start with you, Stefan, what are you thinking? Do you have a strategy going in? Well, I, I touched on it, but I've. Uh... I'm trying to make it a rule now to look at the potential wildcard each and every game week to make sure I don't miss anything. So I've, I've looked at it already a bit, but I don't think the wildcard is uh, right for me. I have too many good players this game week. And even though I will only put out 10 players with a double and maybe Rafinha or something uh, in addition to that, I think that's good enough even with a hit. Uh, so, so my plan is basically to... I have two options. Either... Uh, get Calvert-Lewin in for Brewster to get rid of my Deadwood and Calvert-Lewin is something someone we haven't talked about but Everton's double look really good so he's yeah. he's one to watch and I think he's he's a good uh, good pick uh, so it's either him and maybe I have this Chilwell-sized problem in my team speaking of Chelsea and uh, Tuchel coming and destroying my assets <laughs> I haven't been able to the 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 bad thing about don't not making hits is that I'm stuck with the Brewster and Chilwell that's that's basically who you hit out I think <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, I need to I, I will maybe move uh, if I move in Calvert-Lewin I will still sell Chilwell for a hit and bring in Target I think to be the most more certain Villa player so I know I can have him for 29 as well, but I most likely do Bamford to Kane to to target the the captain and not miss the captain that I want. And I think a lot of people will jump on come next deadline. And and to support that, I will do Shilwell to El Mohamedi. Yeah. So you're not tempted by Alonso. 
Uh, no, I don't have any cash <laughs> for him, and the double is too bad. But uh, if I wildcard in 27, I will for sure have Alonso. I think he, the Chelsea fixtures turn great, and he's he's an attacker. I, I love watching him play, and so, and he he seems to be sort of nailed. Uh, you you can't be nailed for sure, but he seems to be playing most of the games. But but the Talking strategy, the the main issue for me is this bench boost chip. I, I can't. <laughs> I really want to play game week one next year, get it done with, and yes. focus on my team. And <laughs> That's what Rich said at the start of the <laughs> season, and I think yeah. I think it's I was, a great idea. We, we recorded. Yeah, because it it makes you do some so stupid things. Really, it makes you do transfers that are subpar. People are taking like. Uh, uh, we talked about pre-pod uh, people taking minus 12s in the doubles to get get big. rid of the bench boost. <laughs> like you know, yeah. it's not going to be great when you take a minus 12. You need to be extremely lucky for that to pay off. So, um, and, and other than that, you have guys like now who has a deep bench looking to play the bench boost or have played it, and they have uh, they benching 30, 40 points each and every week. (laughs) (laughs) It's made me so happy you said that, Stefan, because our first ever podcast, me and Josh recorded, um, I said about I might bench boost game week one because I was going to be wildcarding game week three. And we had some some feedback on Reddit. Um, But basically, a guy said he's never going to listen to the podcast again because (laughs) because I suggested that. Um, I think there's reason behind it. (laughs) The the tricky part is, of course, that it's hard to pick 15 nail guys in game week one as well. I think the way that it it worked well this season because you could wildcard early, but next season, I don't think you'd have the sort of same reasons to wildcard early. Do you know what no, I mean? And, and if and if you're back, if we ever get post-COVID and we get a normal season, uh, you might have a big problem if everyone else is doing wildcard 37, no, 36 and bench yeah, boost 15 yeah. guys at 37. That True. might cost you a bunch of points at the end. So I'm, I'm not sure I'm, I'm going to do it, but uh, it, it's it's tempting because I have a big issue now with getting rid of it. And, and what's the I'd problem? use it this week if I was you. I'm just looking at your team. Um, so I need to take a minus eight to get rid of it because Fabianski has City away, Brewster is uh, dead, Chilwell is dead. But why do you need to get rid of Fabianski? He at least plays. Yeah, but against Bruce, City Bruce away. Brewster's a problem. I mean, I've got him as yeah. well. Yeah, Bru- He's Bruce played four problem. minutes in the last four game weeks. Yeah, and I got uh, I got. <laughs> so uh, weird, isn't it? It's so weird the like the lack of minutes he's played for the amount of money they spent on him. And you think all like you think also maybe like, he's just not very good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're basically confirmed down, right? You would have thought you like kind of now's the time to maybe you know give him some give him some time, give him some minutes, and hopefully. You know, get him set for next season. Yeah, but anyway, our, our teams. Yeah. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave with the hope that at some, somewhere uh, get to play the the bench boost. But the issue for me is, if I choose, if I had wildcard at 25, I had bench boost boosted 26, and then I had free hit 29 possibly. Um, but now um, I might not even play a ship at all until game week 31 and try to find a magical bench boost in 32 or something and free hit during the second blank. Uh, I tell you, it's 30. a good week to bench boost, Stefan. Game week 30. Yeah. Game week 30, Leeds are at home to Sheffield United. Villa have got Fulham. 
So all the 29 teams um, that you'll stock up on have got great fixtures game week 30. Have a look at that. I'm sure it it, will, it can just happen organically. Um, like Stefan said, people have yeah, had you know good bench points. Yeah, good bench well, points like, recently. Yeah, I'd, I looked a bit uh, or quite a lot on the game with 31 wildcard uh, with a bench boost in 32 because then you have maybe a cheap Arsenal player against Fulham holding Saka, for, some, for example. Mm-hmm. You have West Ham against Newcastle in Kufal, uh, Sushek. So we have some good options there, I think. Uh, and then the, then the free hit 33 to try to make use of it. But uh, so far, I'm trying to figure out when do I get any extra points from my ships compared to the rest of the field. And so far, I haven't found any solution. So I'm just going to roll without chips for now. I mean, mm. even if you got to 37, 38 and you just have to bench boost with, say, three players, rand- <laughs> random players, it's just an addition to your score, isn't it? Um, like, so you don't want to just rip up your team purely for that bench boost. But. No, and I think yeah, I've, uh, if I have any advantage now, it's that I have the guys like uh, guys like Brewster in my team because a lot of people have spread their value a bit more. So maybe that's something I can gain from to be able to to put out uh, a, a stronger first eleven because I still have some terrible picks in in my on my bench. The problem I've had with Brewster is I don't feel confident in my bench, so it makes me want to make moves in my first eleven because I don't want to get onto my bench. <laughs> but that's probably yeah. a combination of Brewster and Reese James as well. But yeah. Josh, um, what's your strategy going into the game week? Yeah, so I'm going to be bench boosting uh, almost certainly. Um, the reason why I really like the idea of doing it in in game week 26, obviously the same with game week 19 is that because you've got three city who are who are doubling and obviously we have a lot of other players that are doubling you don't need to have a concern about whether they'll get rested or not um and i think in a single game week this week obviously i, I mentioned earlier that i considered it and, and and one of my concerns was not even about the players like uh gundogan grealish and antonio who were doubts it was actually Cancelo as in whether he was going to start or not because what you don't want to do is bench boost um your fifth your squad of 15 and actually one of your players doesn't end up playing at all then then what was the point because someone was going to sub on anyway um so I do like the fact that if you're you know uh the whole of your starting 11 and, and some of your bench all double You've only got to really think about, um, you know, the, the, the players with singles that definitely, you know, getting on the pitch and, and, and getting points. So, yeah, so I'm, I'm looking at bench boosting this week. Transfer wise, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure yet. We'll come on to that later when we do trapped ins. But um, that's my my plan is to bench boost this week um, and then get through. Obviously, 29, I've already used my free hit and then I will be wild carding game week 31. There's a really nice fixture swing that week. And um, that's that's where I'm heading. Nice. And I mean, for myself, I don't have to worry about the bench boost anymore because I had that disastrous bench boost a few weeks ago. So <laughs> I'm just looking at I'm, I'm going to be wildcarding. I mean, I do quite like my team for this week. It's not horrific, um, but some of my doublers, I don't know, like I've got Reese James. He's got a tough double United and Liverpool. I, I have Trent and Salah and I, the reason I held Trent Salah and Robertson so long was because of this double. I think Sheffield United and Way and Chelsea at home is good, but I think that Henderson injuries forced my hand a bit. And I really want 
some Leicester um, and Everton coverage, which I don't have at the moment. So I'm going to be wildcarding and it's going to be to attack those Everton and uh, Leicester fixtures. Now, because I don't have to worry about bench boost, um, you know, I can look at cheap players on the bench. And another reason I'm looking at wildcarding, because I do think there's a nice fixture swing in, I think it's 30-31. It's a very nice fixture swing. But I just don't have many players for that blank in 29. I've got three leads and Martinez. And I need more than that. So I think it's a bit of a double whammy, really. I think I'd have to wildcard in the next couple of weeks anyway because of the blank, because I don't have the free hit. So wildcard makes perfect sense for me at the moment. And it, I, I don't really want to lose Trent. But I guess that also moves us on to, into, into our third headline, which is mainly going to be Stefan as as the, the resident Liverpool fan. So the, the title is Liverpool, although I think uh, Josh accidentally didn't put the last L on the schedule. <laughs> um, so, Stefan, I mean, w- what's going on at Liverpool? Um, what do you think about your assets? At this point, I only have Salah left. I was on here before saying I was going to keep uh, both uh, uh, Trent and Robbo, and that was ahead, ahead of the Manchester City game, the first one, where Arnold got injured. And we later found out he had COVID at the start of the season. And that explains a lot because it didn't look like himself at all. But lately, I think Trent Alexander-Arnold is showing good signs. His only problem for me is <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure the defensive errors are going to keep up. And I know Alan mentioned in his segment that Liverpool have, have some of the worst stats in defence. And that's not... A big surprise when you have uh, Sterling heading home goals from uh, 0.4 yards or something. So it's a, it's a huge XG on those kind of shots and the penalties as well. But I think at, at, when I watch Liverpool, I think they still are good. And I would say that they overall look good, but they have as much problems offensively as defensively. Offensively, they just cannot seem to create the biggest chances. And defensively, they give away huge chances from nothing, like against Leicester again. They just give away so much. And you have to believe that kind of thing has to stop. It cannot continue forever. And if you scratch the biggest mistakes, Liverpool were better than City for a bunch, pretty much significant part of that game. They were better than Leicester. They were better than a lot of other teams they have beaten, uh, gotten gotten beaten by lately. Mm. But uh, so I, I I wouldn't mind having Arnold in on the wild card. And I when I looked at the wild card, I figured I could have him. But the only problem is you can you can sell Arnold for say Target, who has uh, one uh, two more games than him, at least two more games to 29 or somewhere down the line. So it's hard to hard to say you're gonna go spend the extra three million or two point five million on a guy like Arnold at this point when you have so many guys that are doubling and you have Digne that has another double somewhere and you have guys that play in both twenty six and twenty nine for those without a free hit. There are lots of reasons not to get Trent Alexander Arnold. And for Salah, I still have some belief in him. I'm not sure he would have been on my wild card. Probably not. Prob- I'm not sure, but uh, the the price is a problem. They're priced as as if they were the top club in England or the top club along with City. And right now they aren't playing like they're the top club, so mm. it's easier to sell them. 
But uh, one last thing is their run is turning. They have this double now, and then they have except the blank in 29. Their fixtures are starting to look really good, and they especially have good defensive fixtures from the last in the last uh, five, six game weeks of the season. So I think uh, there will be some clean sheets, but <laughs> maybe not for now. It's it's annoying because the run is the reason I've held on personally to three yeah. three Liverpool assets because it it looks so good and I agree I think they have been you know you have been unlucky I mean that Leicester game you you were dominating for most of it you know Trent hit the hit the woodwork um, I think he was on eight or nine points um, until Leicester's decided to score three goals it's it's just been a, you know, very, very bizarre one. And I hate losing them. And I think the you, you obviously mentioned your price as the best assets in the game. So the most expensive. And that's what it makes it difficult to sell them because they're really hard to get back in. You know, if you, yeah. and we had this discussion before, didn't we? Last time, you, last time you were on um, that, you know, if you sell them, they're hard to get back. But I think for me on wildcard, I, I want Luca Dean more. I want Ricardo Pereira more. And it makes it very hard to then have Trent as well, no matter you know how well he's been playing recently. It's just a weird situation. It's a it's a really weird season, and I think Liverpool, you've been so unlucky with your injuries. Like and Henderson, it's almost like that that final straw. But so, you could say you could say that the the fixtures coming up is Sheffield United, Fulham, Wolverhampton, Blank, Arsenal, Villa, Leeds, Newcastle. They should be prime fixtures for Alexander Arnold, and yeah. he's coming into into form. So I, uh, oh, I looked I, ahead in the schedule, <laughs> and I know a certain Tukvam has uh, Mikel has uh, a certain Alexander Arnold in his uh, wildcard uh, draft. So I, I don't think it's a bad move. But the issue for me is when I looked at the wildcard and put up different uh, different scenarios with my bench boost, I, I just couldn't afford him. He got too too expensive. If I wasn't wildcarding, I would not be removing Salah or Trent. It's just, you know, when you bring a wild card into yeah. it, it becomes all about value, doesn't it? And it yeah. becomes a lot harder. Um, and I guess I they're not not highly owned, so they're not going to hurt hurt us if we did remove them. But I guess just before we go to the piss break, so Paul's got a question on Twitter. Paul says, Salah, still the second highest scoring mid this year and on for a good year again overall, but continues to feel like a disappointment. Time to ditch or too dangerous to drop will inevitably haul as soon as you take him out. So if you were a wild card in this week, Stefan... Would you have Salah? I think so, because of the topic we had earlier with the City guys. I think uh, yeah. you can keep Salah because you can go cheaper on the City guys, and uh, and it also, but it also depends on the 29 if you have uh, if you're able to go without Salah or not. If you're able to to put up a team either with a free hit or planning without it. And, and what uh, about? I was just going to say, I know this is a hard question. What about Salah versus Bruno? There's a there's a price difference there, but I, I got to say I'm still in camp Salah. Yeah, I, I thought, I thought you might be. But Stefan. there's something there's there's something I, I was watching the first half of the United game before the pod and had it on in the background during the second half and Bruno he he goes more disappearing a lot of games than Salah ever does, but then. He shows up with a touch here, an assist there, a penalty here. It's very hard to judge. But City's, United's run aren't good at all from an attacking point of view. The double is fine. And then City, which is great. West Ham just showed today how hard they can be to beat versus Spurs. Brighton has been a great team after blank. Great 
absolutely great team Brighton recently and they are um, not conceding a lot of goals. Spurs, good team again. It's a lot of fixtures which uh, aren't really very good for United and Bruno. But uh, I guess he will score some points, but I think uh, Salah may score more this time. We'll see. Ice. We will say. <laughs> so the Ice Pans Piss Break is sponsored by FPL Merch. All right, mate. Oh, hey. Having a good night? Uh, yeah, fine, thank you. I'm just watching the game. Oh yeah, me too. Me too. Do you like mugs? Um, what, like, receptacles? Ah, yeah, like coffee mugs, yeah, mugs. Do you like them? Uh, I suppose. Well, mate, if you play FPL, there's this guy right on Twitter called FPL Merch who makes mugs exclusively for those belter managers who finish in the top 100,000, right? I'm talking 10k, 50k, 100k, and I'm drinking out of one right now that I've got from last season because I did so well. And I don't drink out of anything else. Are you interested, my friend? Um, no, I'm alright, thanks, mate. But if you get a top 100k finish, then why not celebrate with an FPL merch top 100k mug? Mate, no offence, but you've been the weird guy in the pub toilet. Only £10 are a brilliant mug to mark your brilliant season. Seriously, don't worry about it. Thank you, but I've got to get back to the second half. Ah, he'll be back. He'll be back. Welcome back, listeners, and we'll go straight into our questions. We've got a couple this week. Um, so our first one is on Slack. It's from Emma. Um, Emma's asking, what are your lessons you have each learned so far this season, and how will that change your play in coming weeks? So should we start with you, Josh? Do you have a lesson that you've learned from this season? I do, um, and that is um, when you're originally doing your team or when you're originally doing your uh, first wild card. Um, really, really scrutinise every single pick and 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 you know underline why why do you want that person? What's your reason behind it? And is there any you know disadvantages of that person that that, that could potentially mean not going for them? And I think the reason why I say that is I got Jed Steer on my first wild card and. Mm it's just prevented me from getting to three Villa, which obviously we were talking about how they're not in great form at the moment earlier, but they've been fantastic over the course of the season. Um, and my other one is, is Seamus Coleman, um, who I know we've spoken about lots of times and I removed him last week for Loughton, which worked tremendously, but it's amazing how, although he's barely played for me, probably four times or so is in like, I've started him in my team about four times, how long, a player can last in your team, um, you know, from a you know a game week two wild card, and 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 even if I'd have just gone, do you know what? I'm actually going to go for you know 
Bellerin or, or I don't know, a, another five million defender at the time, how much difference it could have made in terms of when it came to those weeks, you know, actually really would have played Bellerin a lot more. So, yeah, just, just when it comes to those setting up that team, game week one and or, or, the, or the first wild card, they're the main two. The second wild card is normally yep. in and around double game weeks and chips. But, yeah, really scrutinise every individual pick and and kind of, you know, uh, challenge your your thinking. That almost sounds like advice I might have to use use this week. Um, and that's why I was so against El Mahamadi earlier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's let's not get into El Mahamadi again, though. You keep wanting to mention him, Josh. You're obsessed. Um, so, Stefan, um, do you have any lessons that you've learned like from this season? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I talked about it earlier with me uh, getting a new perspective on the double game weeks and how I uh, should maybe give up some expected value to get the, the key double game week guys and allow myself to get lucky. And I realized uh, it's a game of 38 game weeks and there's a lot of luck involved in this game. So if you're going to get a really good rank, you have to get lucky, no doubt about it. And it then is a question of how do you allow yourself to get lucky? And the, a big part of that is to to go for the double game week guys who has the, the highest ceiling and the, the biggest chance of getting lucky. So that's my lesson. Nice. I like it. And I think my one is, I, I, I don't know if it's a lesson, but no, it probably is. Um, Cause I'm, I'm having an awful season, but it's these triple ups. I obviously, I think in previous seasons I've, you know, finished top 10 K by going for these triple ups. They've, they've worked. And then I've just gone a bit template afterwards and I've had triple ups. I mean, I had a Wolves early triple up uh, that was a disaster with like Jimenez scoring an own goal. I had a Man City attacking triple up just for that period that where Man City could not score a goal for love nor money. I had a, a Chelsea defence triple up, which I mean, that did me so well. But then obviously Chilwell got dropped. Reese James was in and out and then ended with Zuma being dropped, which just meant so many transfers on defenders which is almost the opposite of what you've had, Josh, where you've kept these players like Coleman and Oiling and Dallas. More recently, I've had, you know, Leeds triple up, which I'm back on again. I've got my Liverpool triple up, Salah, Trent and Robertson, who, you know, this week they scored five points where Ariola got six. So he outscored my three premium Liverpool players. I, so I think I need to calm down a bit on the triple ups. I mean, when they work, they work really well. And, you know, I shoot up the ranks, finish top 10K. But when it goes badly, it goes really badly. So I think a lesson I've learned, and I'm going to try and take it into my wild card, is to just calm down with these triple ups. Maybe spread spread the risk a little bit more, because um, it's particularly in this COVID season, it's not helped when when you know when games have been called off, etc. Um, but we've also got a question from Mark on Twitter, and I mean it's clearly not aimed at me. It might be aimed at Josh. He's doing pretty well, but I'm. I'm more confident it's aimed at Stefan. <laughs> so what has been the secret of his success this season? So Stefan, I mean, why, why do you think your season's been been so good? I mean, obviously you started pretty badly last year, but you finished with quite a respectable rank. So you've been like in form, as it were, for a season and a half. Uh, yeah, but I think I think the main thing this uh, this season is since I'm a patient guy who who don't take a lot of hits and 
hope hope that the long run will come pretty soon and I get my the points I deserve. I think that helped me to just keep Son in the first uh, game weeks where a lot of people sold him and took a hit to get him out and then back in again, then out again and missed his huge holes. So that's a lot of points in his first game weeks for Son. He had this 24-pointer, <laughs> it's insane, and 18-pointer, mm. and after that the 13-pointer. So if you add those kind of numbers up, you get a lot of points, and I, I was patient with him. Didn't catch on to Mourinho's uh, bullshit ahead of Man United and uh, got rewarded. And, and that's really the difference between this season and the last season. Because last season you got points from everyone if you just chased, chased, chased. And since I am not a chaser, <laughs> I like to stay a bit more patient. I got uh, crushed last season, but this season I got lucky. And and all the part, uh, I held on to Werner for a long while, time as well and, and, and sold him at the right time on the wild card, he he didn't he wasn't great, but he wasn't bad either for the first nine game weeks. But other than that, I, I really it's my captains. The captains are are everything in this game, and I've been been nailing the captains thanks to thanks to Mikel Tokwam and his algorithm for uh, most of it. Although yeah. after Tokwam's uh, drunken hit. He took last week. I'm not sure. He, he was at the party, which is uh, very strange in these COVID times to be at the party at uh, it's uh, seven o'clock Norwegian time, and uh, in addition to that, be drunk. So uh, I'm, I'm I'm a bit skeptical now. So maybe I'm not going to follow him when he recommends Salah for the captain this game week. <laughs> and go for, he did, he go did for... say to us when he was on the podcast that there's been no cases of COVID in the area he's in. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm just, I'm just kidding. But, uh, I'm going to use that as uh, I, I've been following him a lot and uh, normally pick the, the guy who's at the top of his algorithm and I've been good at planning to get the top guy ahead of time. So so pretty basic, straightforward stuff. But I'm going to use the, the party thing to uh, to avoid the captaining Salah this game, week, I think, even though he's going to end up top. His captains have been on absolute fire. I mean, it seems like every single week he seems to, or most weeks anyway, he seems to absolutely nail it. Because you mentioned you had Son for his big hauls. But, I mean, I had Kane for his big hauls. And, uh, you know, I'm still barely in the top million at the moment. So that must have had more more of an impact. I've also noticed, I don't know if you agree, that defenders, there seem to be certain defenders that seem to be scoring very well. Like players like Cresswell, Holding had a period, obviously Justin. Um, they seem to be scoring incredibly. And then other defenders, like the ones I've owned, like Lamptey and Trent, have just been, been woeful. I mean, have you yeah. stuck with certain defenders? Yeah, I stuck with the Liverpool defenders for a while. But the thing is, when I look back now, I got on the City defenders pretty early. I played a wild card in game week 10, and I got Diaz. And then I added John Stones not far after, when Laporte was still injured. So I got on John Stones pretty early. And those guys have given me a bunch of points. So I think yeah. it's uh, and, and maybe uh, it's a it's a usual thing for me, but I, I don't go for much sort of fringe players. So I I guess some I guess I had some success in saving uh, transfers and not wasting them. But uh, I know other guys that are also Norwegian and play a lot better than me, and they have taken a lot of hits with great success and been a greater team value and has pretty much played a more solid game I think than me. So I. I definitely have a lot more to learn, but I think this season my patient approach is to has been rewarded. Nice and top top one K here you come. 
Um, so we've got some. Hopefully. Fe- <laughs> definitely. <laughs> we've got some feedback this week from FPL Big Bear. Whose fault is this? Is there an official complaints procedure you can point me to, please? Um, so I guess you can email the Iceman about last week's pod and it's fplsurgerypodcast at gmail.com. Um, so we will move on now to our partner chat. So Stefan mentioned Mikhail Tokvan and you can access his algorithm. It's patreon.com forward slash transfer algorithm. Now, Mikhail, he kindly sent us his um, his optimum wildcard team last week, but obviously the podcast didn't go ahead, but he's done it again for us. So thank you, Mikhail. Now, the team that he recommends if you're wildcarding this week is Martinez and McCarthy, Soufal, Luca Dean, Trent, Cancelo and Stroik. Then in midfield, we've got Son, Gundogan, Kevin De Bruyne, Ross Barkley and Lookman. And then up top, we've got Harry Kane, Danny Ings and Ollie Watkins as well. So now that team gives you 11 double game weekers for 26. So the week we're going into now in 27, you'd have five double game weekers and he'd recommend the Kevin De Bruyne captaincy and eight for game week 29 covered by bench fodder. So you could use transfers after this wild card, you know, to build towards 29, maybe get a couple more than eight in. Um, and he says the top options from the transfer algorithm as the vital baseline. No Salah, no Bruno. Although I believe he did mention you could get Salah and then move him to, you know, Salah or Bruno and then move to De Bruyne ahead of that yeah. that double game week in 27. So we're also partnered with Fantasy Football Hub and have been given the exclusive sign-up code SURGERY15. That's capital letters SURGERY15. All you have to do is go to fantasyfootballhub.co.uk and you can sign up there for 15% off. Just use the sign-up code SURGERY15. And of course, we're partnered with FPL Doodles at FPL Doodles one um, He does the artwork for the pod release tweet each and every week. So, Traptons, should we start with you, Josh? Uh, so plan is to bench boost um, game week 26. Um, transfer wise, it's around two things really for me. Uh, Grealish um, and his potential injury, uh, or his injury I should say, because he missed uh, the game today. But whether he's fit for the game week or not. Um, and what I choose to do about getting to Kane or not. I think they're the main two uh, things I need to think about really. Um, I've got two two free transfers, so that's good. Um, as for captaincy, I think the options in my head really would be the Kane, Bruno, or Gundogan only if he doesn't play at all against Borussia Mönchengladbach. I think Bruno will get. A, I'm not sure if they're playing in the Europa League this week, but Bruno will get a full rest. Um, there and I think that Kane will get a full rest um, for their one too just purely because both teams are, are so are leading so much anyway I mean they might be on the bench but I think that'll be it um, so yeah it's out of those three really I didn't know you spoke German well, you pronounced that perfectly twice I'm not even <laughs> going to try and pronounce that Borussia yeah um, so Stefan uh, what are you looking for transfers and captains yeah I talked about it before and it's either uh... Kane in for Bamford, along with uh, Chilwell to El Mohamedi, or it's Calvert-Lewin in for Brewster and Chilwell to Target, both of them for the first hit of the season. Um, that leaves me 
pretty open. So I can still choose to uh, avoid any chips in game week 29, or I can uh, play the wild card if something comes up. You've only got a... one transfer. Yeah. Oh. Yep. I, just I, I should I should have had. Surprised me. Uh, I thought you'd be uh, thought you'd be yeah. banking all the way through Mis- to uh, the double game week. Mistakes were made, Josh. Oh. Josh being all smug with his two free transfers. Yeah. The, 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 thing, the thing for me was, I can take it quickly. I, I was aiming for the 25 wild card and the 26 bench boost, and then the Leeds Southampton game came and messed things up, and we didn't get fixtures e- either way. So uh, that was always the plan, and I figured, why do I need to save these free transfers when I'm gonna wild card soon anyway? So the lesson there is, uh, the future isn't that clear. So maybe it's best to save. The yeah, I was I was always fifty fifty, so I kind of left it open and with yep. the you know, with the potential of obviously wasting a transfer, which is never ideal. But I was probably more likely as time went on to, to not wildcard and that's not what I'm doing until thirty one, so Yeah. I, I wasted the transfer there, so but I can allow myself one hit, I think. <laughs> this is Oh mate, that's incredible. <laughs> I mean to have gone through this whole season without this season more than any season because of what what we've been up against um, without any hits, but to be at your your uh, your rank with with you know without taking hits is yeah is is amazing. Fair play. Yeah, um, I mean I'm not surprised you're both so patient because I mean I think last season a lot of the time I was looking at doing crazy moves and you were two of the people actually you're probably the only two people who would sometimes like calm me down. <laughs> When I, you know, I was looking at something a bit silly and a, apart from one week, it was always very solid advice that I still wish I got Aguero for that, for, the, for that game against <laughs> yeah. Aston Villa. But generally, did, you, did both me and Stefan say no then to that but one? You were the only two. So I, I, yeah. I, I messaged both of you. Kane was injured. I was like, shall I move to Aguero? You both were like, no. And honestly, you gave really good points and you saved me many other game weeks. It was just that one I, I remember because I remember some stupid stuff I was looking at, and you both took me out of it. So it's 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 a thank you, but also. Like El Mahamadi. <laughs> I mean, I, I, Stefan likes El Mahamadi, so I might, yeah, I might I go do, for that I one. Do, it's, so, been yeah. the, it's been the it's been the it's been the theme of the pod, El Mahamadi. Yeah. Who thought he'd taken up so much uh, listener time, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I like to support. I like to support Josh that it's a difference between bringing in El Mahamadi ahead of the wild card, like I'm looking at doing and, and getting him on the wild card. There's a difference, of course. Yeah, that's what I think. I understand why Stefan's getting him, but yeah. I don't understand why Rich would get him on a wild card. There you go. That's how I'll... He's I'll not say. in my latest draft. He's not in my <laughs> latest draft. So, yeah, because so I'm wild carding. So what I've got at the moment, and this is going to change, and I haven't got any other chips, so I don't have to worry about bench boost, anything like that. I've got Martinez and Fabry in goal. Uh, Pereira and Dean, uh, uh, I'm not compromising, I'm going for those two. Cancelo, Aina, Dunk, Gundogan, Rafina, Fernandez, Barnes, Foden, Kane, Vardy and Calvert-Lewin. It's just, I need to plan towards 29 as well. So obviously Martinez covers 29, Dunk and Aina cover 29. Same if I have Rafina. Um, I've, I've toyed around with a few versions though. I've toyed around with one where I have Watkins on the bench and then he can play in 29 but obviously the lack of Liverpool I don't know, it still worries me I, I, Stefan, you made me want to keep Trent 
but... <laughs> well, no, I didn't make that big a case for him. Uh, no, I think it's because I want to keep Trent, and yeah, yeah, I want to be told to keep him. But maybe I think I it's very think... hard at the moment with you know every everyone in an ideal world wants to go into 26 with Salah, Bruno, Kane, and Son, and that's very tough to do. But then to do that as well as owning Trent is even harder. You know, yeah, I know yeah. you've obviously sacrificed some of those on your on your wild card. I mean, I'm not going to have Salah. No. How many would um? How many? You're obviously, I'm presuming, going for eleven double game weekers for for. Yeah, so I've got I've had nine at the moment if I if I stuck, but it includes stuff like Reese James. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'd have eleven, and at the moment I've only got four for double game uh, for the blank in twenty nine. Whereas this would give me like six. No, it wouldn't. It would give me eight. So wow. then I can build towards 29 as well. It's just having, if you have all these like cheap, like Brighton defenders on the bench, you can have cheap Ian Villa defenders like El Mohamedy on the bench. Um, the Fulham players, <laughs> yeah. uh, the Leeds <laughs> players, they're, they're the key to it all. So and if I go into that game week with nine or 10 of them, I'll be happy because um, it's going to be a bit of a rubbish game week, I'd imagine. Um, you really like Leicester. Uh, from that team do you know <laughs> what I've, the only Leicester players I've owned this year I started with Vardy and Justin and I sold Justin quite early um, yeah I kind of want to go big on them they've got really nice upcoming games so yeah Leicester and Everton I don't even really like Everton but I just want to target them because of the fix see I love a bit of Everton but I, I'm yeah, not me as too. you know I'm not a, I'm not a Leicester fan I've not I've not had any Leicester at all this season and I, and I no doubt will at some point but um yeah, I, I love Everton. I just think Ancelotti is just an incredible manager, and when they do dip, they never dip for very long. It's I wouldn't. I don't really fancy the defenders that much, but I think Dean's a bit of an bit of an exception. Yeah, because yeah. he's been playing in midfield. Dean and, so. Dean, and Dean and DCL are the only real ones. I know Richarlison's looked good recently in 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 yeah. DCL's absence, but out of the two of them, you'd go DCL every time. Yeah, I just yeah, it's 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 based on the fixtures mainly that wild card. But we'll move on to our differentials. So if we start with you, Stefan, who who's your differential for this week? Yeah, this this might mean that you should have the free hit in twenty nine, but I I like uh, the West Brom double in Brighton Everton. It's not great, but you have a great differential in uh, Mateus Pereira. I think he's cheap, like five point something, and uh, he's on penalties, free yep. kicks. West Bromwich are they're still playing for it. Sheffield United, they look lost this uh, this week. They they must give up soon. But uh, West Bromwich haven't given up yet. And it's a miracle they didn't score against Burnley. And uh, so my differential, Matthias Pereira. I could have I said uh, Trent, I realise. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, that's the other thing with Trent. He's so lowly owned. It's, yeah, it's mental. Under 2% in the top 10k. Uh, so he, <laughs> he could have been, been the one. Yeah, he's only even have to be scared not owning these Liverpool defenders. Like it's, yeah. it's crazy. But um, what about you, Josh? I've gone Regulon. I just think that they've obviously got great fixtures, as we've uh, mentioned. You know, with with why Kane's in our thoughts and why he's in our captaincy thoughts. And um, I think Mourinho's probably realised recently how important he is to to them. Obviously gets gets forward a lot. You, they could easily keep two clean sheets against Burnley and Fulham, I think. So I think if you're looking for a defender this week, he's an interesting option. And also, they play in 29. Nice. Uh, mine's 
I've already mentioned him already, but Pereira, obviously, he was playing on the wing today, um, on the right wing, with Castagna playing. So at 0.6%, he's pretty much locked in my wildcard team. I'm going to give him, give him a little bit of a punt. And honestly, there's a little part of me that's tempted <laughs> to captain him, but... I don't. I don't know about that yet. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have a good think about that. But <laughs> defenders tend to do quite well in double game weeks. I like that Leicester. Leicester double. Um, we know what he can do, and he got subbed off early as well today. And you know, for a defender, that's not necessarily a bad thing. But please help support the podcast at patreoncom forward slash surgery. Please join the FPL Surgery Podcast League. The code is four three nine HW nine. That code again is four three nine HW nine. You can find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, Reddit and Twitter. The Twitter handle is at FPL Surgery. Subscribe on iTunes and please remember to rate the podcast five stars. And of course, you can email the Iceman at Podcast at gmail.com. So Stefan, thank you so much for coming on again today. And next time you're on, will you be in the top 1K? <laughs> I don't know. I can say yes because then I'd refuse to come on if it doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, we're we're rooting for you. We we didn't have the leagues obviously because we're because we're midweek. But when we when yeah. we found out you were top, we were so excited, weren't we, Josh? Yeah, I couldn't believe it as well because I don't think he was even in the top five before that. So you just you must have rocketed that week. So I, it was good yeah. good to read your name out at the top. I knew something was up when Stefan was like. I think you said something like, why didn't you read the league code? Or <laughs> yeah. like, something like that. And it's like, oh, he's actually top. Like, <laughs> that's that's, no, that's right. a- absolutely incredible. So I'm going to keep tracking your progress, as I'm sure all the listeners are as well. And Josh, you've just got one more thing to say. Up the pod. Up the pod. Up the pod. Did you do that typo on purpose, Josh? What's that? You put Liverpool. No. Oh. It says Liverpool. Oh, is it? Ch- oh, <laughs> I've got my own copy. Maybe it's changed Liverpool. it. I, okay. I added an L. I thought you'd done it and taken off the L. Thanks, Josh. All right. Okay. <laughs> Love it. Uh, also, Bruno's just scored a penalty. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's all. <laughs> Every oh. single time he just oh. scores a penalty, 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 penalty. I know. That's why we can't sell him. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't sell him because no. it's like Rashford assist gets, as well. Yeah, he gets penalties all the time. It's just ridiculous.